Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, the podcast we already recorded and I messed up. um, Or something happened with the Zoom and we lost the audio, so now we're recording it again. As is is the cycle of life. Thankfully, I can. I'm now on my tenth uh, shot of espresso of the day, and it is eight p.m. So I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready this time. Today we're going to be doing another one of our chronicles into uh, open source and OSINT uh, style research or open source verification and this kind of side of uh of generally you know this is kind of a field of like anti-fascist research um, and journalism. So we're looking at, at one of these uh, case studies. Um, but today I have someone with me, uh, uh, Alistair from Opossum Press, is here to talk about uh, OSINT and uh, and this type of research. Hello. Hi. Thank you for being with me again uh, on this on this call on this very uh, deja vu experience for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would uh, actually first like to uh, talk about 
how uh, Opossum Press got started as like a collective of of people dedicated towards this goal of you know surveying the 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 fascist creep. Um, I I had an interest in um in journalism. I have no experience in it, but I have other friends that are into writing and stuff, and I I just kind of reached out to friends. I'm like, Hey, would anybody be interested in doing this? And, um, there are several friends that were like, hell yeah, let's do this. And that's pretty much it. After we got it all formed, um, we set up some, uh, open source Intel like workshops. Cool. And we'd about every other week we'd get together for two, three hours and learn stuff. That sounds, that sounds lovely actually. Um, most of my stuff is usually done alone in my computer, dark, when I'm on my, again, 10th cup of coffee of the day. Doing OSINT in a group of people like that sounds like it could be actually kind of fun. So yeah, we're going to, in our last episode, we talked about uh, how I tracked down uh, and found out who Rittenhouse was the night of of that happening in Kenosha. Um and today we're going to be talking about someone related to January 6th, um, the, the infamous zip tie guy, as he uh, became known for like two days on the internet <laughs> before he got his actual name. Um, first, I guess I probably, I probably if, if in case you haven't listened to the previous episode I did on Rittenhouse, I should probably kind of explain what open source uh, stuff is and what like OSINT is and verification. So... It's about trying to track down information using open sources, huh? Um, on the internet. So in terms of like nothing is uh, it's it's all, it's 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 already sitting there. Nothing requires like special access. Nothing requires, you know, you to hack into anyone's system. Um, it's it's stuff is just the stuff that's already sitting there. The data, whether that be you know geographical data, personal data, data from social media accounts, data from. Every time you've entered your email into a random website that you maybe didn't know quite what's going on, but you did it, some that's that gets stored somewhere as data, and per, someone can probably find it. Um, so all, it's all this stuff about you on the internet that is all open if you do the digging. Um, often cases, this results in going through social media profiles. Um, that is a, a, a good portion of OSINT work is learning how to use Google really well and how to how to how to go through s- social media. Um, start using like Google search operators, start using social media tools that help you sort through information because the information's there. You just have to learn how to sort through it, right? Because there's just so much of it. Um, so that's kind of the gist of what open source stuff is. I mean, eventually you can get into stuff like using like Python, using code and scrapers, like all that stuff is is is, is there too. But for our purposes, we're going to stick to the more simplistic stuff because this is an audio format and I'm, I'm not going to start explaining <laughs> Python code on a podcast. <laughs> right. Um so let's 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 turn back the clocks a, a year. Um a little over a year and it's uh, January 6th. What's kind of you or your collective's reaction just to kind of watching things unfold, you know? Like as a researcher, every, every time I look at these types of, you know, protests, you know, whether they be big or small, always part of my brain's like trying to make connections and do stuff, right? So as January 6th is unfolding, what's what's kind of going through everyone at a Possum Press's head? <laughs> The, the first thing that seemed to be collective in everybody's mind was, oh, my God, none of these people are wearing face masks. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the immediate thing is this is probably going to be really easy for a lot of people. There is nobody. <laughs> nobody is in any type of like block or trying to hide their identity in at all. Something you see the European fascists actually doing more often. There was a 
think a video from Germany of a whole bunch of far-right dudes just in Black Block, because Black Block's a tactic. Um, so, yeah, but uh, in the States, there, specifically on J January 6th, it was, yeah, no one was really worried about keeping their identity a secret. They really did not think what they were doing was wrong. I think the other thing, uh, we were, a, a lot of us were really angry. Um, yeah. Just because, <laughs> like, we had been, like, yelling that this was going to happen, screaming yeah. it out, yeah. like, <laughs> trying to get people to pay attention. And we got blown off so much. I remember just, like, a few days before, I got in an argument with a Facebook friend. I'm like, people need to be paying attention. Like, they're planning something. They're like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then, you know, just a few days later, I'm like, oh, is it fine? <laughs> like, that is kind of always the curse of surveilling all of these things, whether they be like a specific event or just a movement in general, right? People who are really into QAnon before the libs knew what QAnon was and were warning about it for years before, you know, it resulted in people dying. Um, mm -hmm. Right. That's that's kind of always the curse of these things. So it, it's it, you, get, you get the mix of the shock and horror of the thing finally happening and a weird relief. It's it's yes. it's, 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 a, it's a very bizarre feeling to watch these things unfold because you're like, oh, I'm vindicated, but it sucks that I'm vindicated. Right. I remember like the December watching all these groups. Like I was just, it was just filled with dread. Yeah. Um, I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. And it was just so much anxiety. And then like, it's funny, January 6th, after it happened, like it all went away. I was able to get a decent night's sleep um, just because there was, I didn't have that buildup of suspense of yeah. what, what is it going to be? What's it going to look like? How bad is it going to be? Uh, it kind of it, it had that release. Yeah. Unfortunately, they, they were all like amateur and didn't know what they were doing and it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Well, I think f as for the open source stuff, I'm going to kind of walk us through chronologically of in terms of the the journey of uh, the zip tie guy, because I was doing like archiving on January 6th, but zip tie guy was really the only dude I was interested in identifying. There was there was a lot of other people doing really great I I identification work. I was uh, also January 6th. I was going through all the social media um, history of Ashley Babbitt archiving mm -hmm. all of her Twitter and Facebook, like years of stuff uh, was to chronicle how she went from like an Obama voter to a QAnon pro proponent. So that was what I was doing. And I was writing an article with Bellingcat about that. Um, but the only, only other guy I wanted to like identify was zip tie guy because he was really interesting. He was one of the few guys that was masked up. Mm -hmm. Um, he had what he had visible weapons on him. He was obviously carrying zip ties. You know, it, it gives you images of like, oh yeah, it's like they're planning to capture and execute people. That was like the general kind of vibe, um, of that. So he was the only person I was I actually put work into identifying, and I put a decent amount of work in. Now I I failed where other people succeeded, and we can talk about like why in a sec. But for like a day at least, all we had to go on was the picture of the guy holding the zip ties in a mask. Um, there's a few other pictures of him around from that day, but it's mostly mostly one picture. And the 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 biggest clue that we had to start with. Um, what, 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 why don't you explain what the, what the first clue is and how that maybe piqued your interest? He had two patches on his vest and one of them was a thin blue line patch, but it was in the, uh, shape of the state of Tennessee. So, 
So yeah, in terms of having a decent lead that is like, okay, well, that, that narrows it down to one of 50 states probably, right? Yeah, it's- I should say I'm, I'm from Knoxville. So like it being Tennessee that... I picked up on that because that's my state. Yeah, that it becomes a local problem. I and right. as someone in Oregon, I definitely understand that feeling of of yeah, when fascism becomes a local problem. Um, yeah, so that definitely piqued uh, your interest specifically, but then also gives a really good lead for like where to look because odd, odds are he's not trying to do a meta thing by tricking us into giving us a false lead. Generally, right. people don't do that as often in real life as they do in television. Um, but there's still plenty other ways to detect. I mean, I, I, I love, I love detecting and there's, there's enough, there's enough stuff to do otherwise that making it needlessly complicated is honestly, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it not being that. Um, so yeah, we had, uh, we had that to go off initially. So starting looking for like, far-right activity in Tennessee. Now, I was an outsider, so I didn't really know where to start in terms of specific rallies, but I know you... uh, At at what point did you start looking, trying to, like, go through pictures of specific rallies to try to, like, match clothing or stuff? I think it was probably... It may have been that day or the day after is when I started going through the notebooks that I had, um, like, names of just people we suspected may become problems. Um... And I started looking at their profiles again and, you know, didn't find anything in, in our research that we had already done. We didn't see anything on. Them. OK. Um, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the yeah. case for me as well with just the picture of the zip tie uh, guy with the patch. I mean, it's, it's a lead, but there wasn't tons to go on. But thankfully, uh, thankfully, our, our our good friends at January 6th were giving us more clues as uh, because as the Simpsons meme goes, videotaping this crime scene was the best idea we ever had. Um, so, uh, like sure. January, I think seventh, there was a uh, a live stream video that was kind of circulating through like anti-fascist group chats. Um, it was it was posted like publicly to get everyone's attention on it on January eighth. Um, but for like a day, it was kind of passing through back channels, and throughout in this live stream, which is yeah, there was so many people were live streaming that night, and it is a kind of surreal thing to watch of them. Uh, this 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 live stream in particular is a zip tie guy, a few of his friends, um, I think his mom, and a few and just random people from January sixth all hanging out at a hotel room. Um, afterwards, like it's it it is it is the night of the sixth, and they're all just hanging out again, totally like. No masks. They're 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 in a hotel lobby. No masks. Um, and they're just like hanging out and chilling, like sitting on the couch and chatting for like half an hour. It's one of the weirdest videos to watch. All all of the live streams from that night are so surreal because it is like this transitionary period of like after the capital attack, but before every before like people like go down on them, so they don't really know how to behave. They still think what they did was kind of fine, even though at this point, like I think like four or five people are dead. Um, mm-hmm. but it's so weird to watch them just interact like such normal people in this moment. Like a- after they did this thing, then they go in this hotel room and they're acting completely normal. So it's it's just a weird video in general. But what it does have is someone in the same outfit as, as Zip Tie Guy with no mask on. You, you ac- we actually can see his full face. Yep. Um, getting to see his full face was a 
big moment big, for us. Big help. Big help. Because <laughs> we, we, we everyone, everyone was looking for pictures of this guy without his mask all like for the entirety of the day. So now having a whole video where we could see like all of the angles of him was great. It was yeah. perfect. The, the best th- the best thing. That was really the beauty of of all of of all of uh all the January 6th documentation is how many people were live streaming themselves doing crimes and their friends. Um, it did, it did make the archiving and, uh, well, not the archiving part. Archiving is always painful and tedious, but it made the actual research afterwards a lot easier because there was so much documentation of it. So yeah, we, we got, we got this video. I'm going to explain how I kind of took this video and failed to reach the conclusion. And then we can talk about how you succeeded. But first, but first we're going to hear, um, some ads from our lovely, uh, products and services, Robert was here for our previous recording uh, that we uh, tried and I failed, and he made some very good jokes uh, and very good segues about how all of our uh, sponsors support insurrection, just like January sixth. And if I try to repeat the jokes, it'll be stupid. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you the sense there was a joke, and now you're gonna be left with that dissatisfaction. So, bye, goodbye. Here's some ads. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org.
Okay, we're back, and I'm, I'm going to give an extremely brief rundown on how I failed to do, uh, well, I, I didn't fail to do research. I did research. I just didn't reach a proper conclusion, um, and I knew that. So the, 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 other, the other thing about Zip Tie Guy was he, he, had, he had the patch of like the thin blue line in Tennessee, and then at, at, at then I soon after got the, the video of his face and uh, interacting with people. And the uh, the other thing is, I think um, we the hat he was wearing in the zip tie guy photo was, I think, tr- was tracked back to be um, our favorite uh, coffee company, uh, Black Rifle Coffee uh, merchandise. It was it was like what it was what was one of the hats they sell. So me being clever, I'm like, okay, here's this Black Rifle Coffee hat, this patch in Tennessee. I know Black Rifle Coffee is based out of Tennessee. I'm going to go look through everyone who works for Black Rifle Coffee, which I mean isn't a bad instinct as an outsider, but it 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 it, it did not it did not succeed. But the, the funny thing is is that l- while looking through all the employees at Black Rifle Coffee, all of them do look identical to Zip Tie Guy. They all <laughs> same they all, characteristics. They all look exactly the same. All their their beards, their nose, their forehead, their hair, all of them identical. Every single one of them. To the point where the only way I could tell that it wasn't Zip Tie Guy was being like, okay, no, he has a mole here. He has like a birthmark here. This way his like his eyes are his eye wrinkles are different. So it's like it's going down to the very like fine-tuned facial features because all of their face shapes are like identical. I think there was a point that I had the same instinct. I think I, I know there's a point that I went through um, the black coffee rifle, all of their people looking yeah. at pictures. Um, I don't know if it was for Eric Munchel or if it was like maybe around the Rittenhouse stuff. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's what I spent my time doing is going through everybody who works there. Um, uh but but by the time I kind of gave up on that, uh, the identity was already discovered, um, and posted by uh, your team at Opossum Press. So how how did you get from you know the, the, the zip zip tie guy picture, then the, the light the archived live stream video of him, uh, without without a mask to to the point where you could say, hey, this is his name. Well, well I was um I wasn't even really in contact with like we as a group weren't messaging each other trying to figure this out together but we were like it turns out a few of us were working separately so while I'm going through social media um, a friend in Nashville was um, going through pictures of the protests from there over the summer and they ended up finding about five different pictures I think and we knew we knew most of the people in the pictures There are maybe like one or two that we did not know. And one was always Eric Munchel and he's wearing the exact same gear. He wore January 6th. Yep. Um, I say Eric Munchel. We didn't know his name yet then. So um, from there, we kind of, we went ahead and posted what we had to Twitter. And then we went back to the social media and I started looking through the um, profiles that were, the people we knew. And sure enough, one of them, uh, Kurt Dennis had a live stream that was telling the story. Um, the same story that Eric Munchell told in that 30 minute video. And (laughs) he actually, while telling it, he's like, yeah, my buddy, Eric, 
Great. So <laughs> at that point, we go to his friends list, and sure enough, he only has one Eric there, and it's Eric Munchel. And there we go to that page and find some of the same gear in the background of the pictures that he has publicly posted. Yeah, he like posted pictures of him in his gear with like guns, and yeah, you, you can you can track all of his like facial like like uh like like birthmarks and stuff. They're all the same. So yeah, you and that that's you uh you definitely got him. Um, yeah. Yeah, their own mistakes. Yeah, that's that's my favorite part. Like they they gave us his identity. <laughs> they often, if not handed themselves to you on a silver platter, they at least have a platter. Um, mm-hmm. They they often there's often enough bread. Right, the reason why these things are solved is because there are enough breadcrumbs to follow, and often they kind of leave pretty big chunks of bread. Um, just the the fact that again, adding to the surreal aspect of that whole live stream video. The, the fact that he's like you, you matched it by telling the same you could hear them someone tell the same story is just su- such a weird weird surreal thing yeah so i think in terms of like osin stuff what this case study in particular really highlights is the importance of um archival stuff right the, the reason why you were able to solve this and not me is because i wasn't i mean i i i i did my own archival thing for archiving like the video but um the way that you were able to really crack this open and everyone else who, who worked on it is because you had like those lists of connections of people who are already kind of active in this like alt-right, far-right scene within your local community. Like you already had documentation of the major players, who they interact with, or you, you already had pictures of this guy in gear with other known people. So the fact that there was already previously work archived really made the success of this so much more possible. That's what they, um, uh, People's Plaza in Nashville during their protests, they were really big on documenting. Um, they documented everything with the police and um, any counter protesters. They would, they had professional photographers out there making sure we had good, clear quality pictures of like everybody on the other side as well. And that definitely helped us a lot. Yeah, because especially before January sixth, they there was they did a decent job of archiving themselves. Well, not not archiving, but like filming themselves and documenting themselves. And then you know it takes takes other researchers to then archive that. So not only is it important just to like look at the research and look at like the, the documentation that they that people do of themselves, but then make sure that you have a source for that that's not their own uploading of it, right? So like. A great example is like uh, all of the live streams from January 6th, including like this one from this hotel room. Pretty soon it was deleted by the person who posted it because they realized, oh, maybe I shouldn't have this living record of my crimes. Um, but at that point, people already saved the video. They, they already like I, I already ran it through a video saving program that I had. Um, so it's it's important not only to, again, ar- archiving, having 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 previous documentation of people and known players. But then as new information is coming out, make sure you make separate copies of that for your own sake so that you actually have it. And then you're not going to be stuck looking for something that's gone. Right. The worst case scenario is to like, you know, that there was an important thing, but you just don't have access to it anymore. It's like you you remember seeing it, but you, you didn't save it. And now it's gone. That's a horrible feeling to do when you're trying to get this kind of research done. Um, and like it happens. We all we all make mistakes like this. Um I definitely have. It a- happened to me actually this week. 
Yeah, it happens all the time. It, ha- <laughs> yeah. it happens to be. It happens to be all the time. I'll I'll look at something and be like, I should probably save this. I get distracted, or I just don't want to because archiving is boring and tedious. And then I check again, and it's gone. I'm like, well, that's I should I should have archived it. enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm signing up and playing is so easy simply sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matter more than ever place your money line prop and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. So on, on top of all of the archiving stuff, which gen- in general, anti-fascist research is really, that, that's the thing it really excels at, even like um, uh, above above journalism is like, you know, getting you know, like traditional journalism is like getting a good documentation of like key fascist players in your area, key people who are kind of pushing far right stuff and far right violence, actually getting like a good, a good, a good idea of who they are and having that knowledge always handy um, is something that this type of research is 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 really that that is really what it excels at, or like what what the what those researchers excel at. This is the thing that they do very well. I think a lot of us probably started doing it just out of curiosity, looking into people. And I, 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 that's that is certainly how I started. <laughs> like I, I've been doing it long before. I just didn't know that's what it was called because, like, I'd see somebody make a 
messed up comment online. I'm like, who is this person? And then, you know, try to find as much as I can about them. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is certainly how I got started with this type of thing. Uh, because it, 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 it can be fun to look mm-hmm. for bad people. It is, it is, it is kind of pleasurable. Um, and one of, one of the, again, another big contributing factor in how you got zip tie guy, how, how I got written house, how a lot of this stuff works, um, is, uh, the beauty of Facebook as a research tool. Um, mm. because often, in order in order in order to do the archiving you need to have stuff to archive and a lot of the stuff that gets posted from these things by the people doing them um is 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 done on facebook or at least it used to right uh, the past 5 years really facebook has been the main main source of this um now it's maybe now people are kind of getting wise and maybe some stuff's moving to telegram facebook's becoming a little little bit less uh, important of a platform for this type of research and i know facebook has changed the way that they um, that you can like use their service, so it does make research kind of harder in some ways. But but even still, it is it is one of the better tools to um, to dig into certain types of people because there is certain types of people who are going to be more likely to use Facebook. Um, and yeah, in terms of how getting Facebook was the method, it not or the the place where you're able to make the link between the fascists you already knew and and Eric. Um, because of uh, because you are you already you you already knew who the players were, and that Facebook had the visualized network to actually make those connections. So Facebook itself and so- social media in general is really is really useful. And then in terms of how this operates, like going through friends lists is really easy. Um, but oftentimes a lot of people will not maybe have those public. Um, and what sh- what sh- then there's again it's not a dead road. You can still look through likes. You can still look through shares. You can still look through like um uh, if you like if people are tagged in photos, um it, it it really it really is a is a great is a great system that is good at making you not have privacy. That is the thing. It really it really excels it. Yeah, and even even if people don't have like an active social media presence per se, um it can still be really useful in getting specific names of people or or just make or just having a connection be known like this this was mostly how i was able to identify the all the anonymous um riot cops in 2020 when when the portland police bureau took took away their badge numbers and names um is that i could get like a list of cops and we could start figuring out like okay this is probably this is this is this is pre- cops previously on the riot team right i can start doing facial matching um and then if I want to learn out if 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 I want to if I want to learn more information about like their first name and more information about them in general, even if they don't have a social media profile, often their wife might or their mom might. You know, there's a um, and in terms of fun sentences to say, really learning how to exploit people's family as a weakness is 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 wonderful. Um, for this type of stalking stalking violent bad people, um. Because yeah, because a lot of a lot a lot of the a lot of the riot cops were smart enough to not to at least to either not have a presence at all on the internet, um, or to have it very locked down in terms of you know no one can see their posts, no one can see their friends, no one can see anything. But still, their wife will occasionally tag them in photos, or uh, maybe not even photos of them, but like they'll they'll just tag them in a photo of like their kid or something. And then this just creates more ways to make connections, so that you can you know learn more about these specific people. Um, 
because sometimes that's fun and interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed some people with socks that I've found their identity. It's by the, uh, going through the likes and seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, the same woman is always the first to put a heart react there. And I, you can go to their page. And sometimes it's as little if you go through their pictures and you see a picture of the guy they're with, they'll have like somebody in the comments. Oh, Mark looks really good there or something, you know, naming the husband. And from there, you can get the last name. You know, you've known the wife's last name. You have a good chance of that being their last name. So. Yeah. So family, family is really is really great <laughs> for finding people because because like all, all all this type of research is is learning how to make these open sourced connections, right? A lot a lot of it is connections and networking, and people usually always have an an innate connection and networking, and that 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 is their family. Um, and often this like extends out in terms of you know political organizing, whether you're part of you know militias or just kind of smaller groups again that is another network um friends is another network uh but you know for people who are kind of are are more locked down it is possible to find information about people uh you know if especially if they, if they have like a if they have like a not very common last name you know that can make finding information mm -hmm. about them much easier if you're using tools like facebook um then it's you know just a matter of doing all the other you know open source research of you know comparing clothing um, you know, and comparing to what other kind of information you already know about the person, e email addresses, phone numbers, if you can, you know, get that, get that kind of stuff as well. But I think that's all I had on zip tie guy mostly. Yeah. He, he was a really easy one. There's not a whole lot to really dive into there. Yeah. No, for, for someone, for, for someone who was one of the few people masked up, wasn't, wasn't not, was not that hard to find. No. I mean, yeah, of course, the fact that he was found by local people in his area, not surprising. Um, that's another thing anti-fascist research is really good at is that type of local research because you know, yeah, they, they have they have all those local connections. They have those local um, documentation of like a, a political events that have happened in their area. So, again, it's the, the importance of, of having stuff archived and having stuff like sorted and having stuff organized well so you can access your archive information is really important it's it's it sucks that it's it's the part of osint i hate the most we every all of us everyone do. everyone hates <laughs> it every, everyone hates I'm, I'm i'm sure there is some sicko out there who likes it but everyone no. else ev everyone else hates all of the we hate all this organizing and sorting and i find archiving to be tedious archiving videos and live streams it's tedious it's difficult um Time consuming. It's time. And... It's time consuming. <laughs> it's repetitive. It's not it, generally not a good time, but it is so useful in the, in the long run of trying to get these like a list of, of like established players in your area. You this is how you start seeing patterns, right? You need to have this information already laid out so you can actually watch the patterns unfold. Otherwise, it's just a whole bunch of chaotic information that means nothing. So, it's it's super important as as much of a bummer as it may be. <laughs> Let's see. Um, is there anything you've been working on since then that you like that you would like to talk about, or any uh, upcoming research projects? Right, right now, I'm really focused on our local um, school board, and you know, like many towns across the country, we have fascists trying to take it over and going to the meetings. And so, I've been watching that group very closely for the last several months since probably about. 
October, our school year, we started out without a mask mandate. Um, okay. And a couple of parents um, whose children need, like they're, they're immunocompromised, like their, their kids <laughs> need the, everybody else to wear a mask. So their parents <laughs> sued the school board and our governor um, to have a mask mandate and the judge issued an injunction and like the next Monday, all the schools had to wear a mask and the anti-mask crowd is like losing their shit over it still um, trying to figure out how to fire the judge. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, we have um, a member of Patriot church okay. who's involved in it and, you know, they're the ones with uh, Church of Planned Parenthood. It's Ken Peters, who I think he's from Washington. Yes, Spokane, I believe. Yeah, and he's he's moved down here. Um, I think he still goes up there to the, to the church stuff. But most of his time is spent down here in Tennessee and um, causing just as much trouble as he does up there and his followers. So I'm curious to see how how does a research project like this a school board thing differ from like the research surrounding you know trying to identify someone at January sixth? Um, for one, this is local. It's you know I'm going to the school board meetings. Um, I know it's easier to know where to look for this because like I'm watching it as it's happening. Where yeah. like you know. January 6th, most of those people, you have no clue where to even start from. Um, so this more now it's it's monitoring and documenting as we you know figure out who these people are, like linking telegram names with Facebook names and all of that. So I guess now it's more record keeping and getting that documentation done early. So when one of them goes too far. We yeah. have we have it ready. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the sad part where it's like you're watching inevi inevitability almost. Is I mean, but that yeah, that's also how like January sixth works, right? We were able mm -hmm. to identify these people because there was a lot of documentation of a lot of major players already, right? So right. A, a lot of the work in between these big protests and events is is the is this is the slow, tedious documentation because we have to do it now so that it's useful later. That's you know a, a big part of research is like yeah trying to spot potential you know issues and mm -hmm. archiving it and then if the issue ever becomes a bigger issue you already have information on it right whether that be you know watching someone online who you might think is who like watching someone who's like a nazi who you might be worried that like they're posting and plans about how to kill people you're like okay to probably look into this dude because he's doing this in case he does something in the future um, mm -hmm. it is, it, that is kind of, a. it sucks because yeah, you are watching this thing where you feel kind of helpless, but you know that documenting it is worthwhile. Um, they, they, yeah, it's the same thing where like, you don't want to be vindicated, but if it does happen, it's better to be prepared. Right. Right. Cause I, I don't think people realize like how much anti-fascist research, how much of this type of like OSINT stuff, like my journalism, like most of the work that you put into it is never seen. E even if you do complete investigations, sometimes by the end you're like, it's it's getting getting them getting them out in enough time for them to be useful. Sometimes it isn't even worth it. Um, so you know, a, a lot of it is you know writing stuff and doing research that never actually sees the the light of day for a long, long time. 
Right. With Eric Munchell, we had like probably 20 people we had on our list too. And yeah. he wasn't even one of them. Um, yeah. So you, you do all this and like, on one hand, it, it almost felt in a moment, like all of that we did was really for nothing, but no, it did lead. To it did. Him, yeah. It, 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 it did lead. And you know, even when you do find the correct answer, sometimes sometimes could via circumstances, you know, it's not something you need to post about immediately. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. worth just, you know, hanging on to, um, and not being super super public about every horrible thing you find, <laughs> right? right? It's not right. like you you don't need to post every time you find a horrible thing on Telegram. You you don't you don't need to tell Twitter that. It's like it's it's about collecting these things and keeping them there for future use. Right. Um, well, uh, thank you so much for coming on to talk with me again. Um, <laughs> after after uh, already already discussing uh, mostly uh, the same things. Uh, where can people follow uh, your stuff online? We're uh, we're on Twitter at um, at Opossum Press. Um, really easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're on Facebook. We don't actually do much on Facebook though. Um, yeah, as we've discussed now, <laughs> you probably probably shouldn't. Facebook's yeah. not I mean like in, in in a lot of ways, a lot of like fascist organizing that used to be done in primarily like Facebook groups or just even just like through like like incidental organizing through just through like posting and cross posting. A lot of that has been you know, moved over to Telegram at this point. Telegram is kind of the new main nexus, whereas Facebook, mm-hmm. in, in like the days of the early alt right, Facebook was a pretty big nexus for like the more normies, right? You know, it's right. there. There is actually like fascist forms that were doing organizing, but as a place for again, like a lot of people in January sixth who didn't really know what they were doing was wrong. They 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 were mostly you know make America great again people or QAnon people, a, a good portion of like. Most of them were not, you know, swastika waving Nazis. Um, they may they may agree with fascist ideas, but they don't they don't self describe as Nazis. So like, um, but we're even seeing after after January sixth with you know um, Facebook like cracking down on these groups, other platforms like Parler going offline. A lot of these normies themselves are even migrating onto Telegram. Um, so. You know, Facebook used to be a really great re- research tool, and I'm using it less and less, o- less and less often now, um, unfortunately, because I mean, it, it it really did have a lot of strong suits. Telegram does I, have its own strong suits, but you know, it's it's still it's still different. I think the normies move into Telegram is troubling, though, because oh, the absolutely, Nazis absolutely. are having <laughs> a yeah. way easier time. That is <laughs> that is there. that is the obvious thing. Is yeah. Now that those groups are in closer proximity, it's easier for one to seep into the other. Whereas mm-hmm. before, there was more of that distinction. Um, yes, that is a worrying thing that I believe we've talked about before, and we'll talk about again um, in the future, in terms of having this like fascist milieu or cultic milieu um, of a place where the the amount of the amount of overlap between you know your uncle who's a regular conservative. And you know, a member of Adam Waffen, or you know, someone who wishes they were a member of Adam Waffen, um, is very small. It's a very right. the, these they are they are very close together. Yep. Well, uh, thank you for talking about all of these <laughs> things on our uh, on our second uh, OSINT case study episode. Well, I guess yeah. big 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 takeaways is uh, archiving is great. Archive live streams, archive things because it's better to have them um, and not use them then not have them and need them. Um, and then, you know, archiving and documenting local fascists is really great, even for things beyond your locality, like in January 6th. Um, yep. 
So those are those are my main takeaways from this. And uh, you know, also everyone at Black Rifle Coffee, they all they all look like everyone at J Six. <laughs> all of them do. They do. <laughs> all right. All right. That does it for us. Thank you so much. You can follow them at Apostum Press. Um, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com sources. Thanks for listening. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.